0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, how you doing? Joe McCall, the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and I'm glad you're here. Got a special guest on today. His name is Scott Jelinek. Real good friend of mine. I've known Scott for many, many years. And I am in a lot of uh, masterminds. I've been at a lot of masterminds with him where when it comes time to talk about how's your business going, what are some challenges that you're having, Scott every time is like, things are going great. I don't have any challenges. And so he always has the shortest turn of everybody in the mastermind because he's just always been doing really, really well. Like Scott has an amazing story. It's not like he's never made a mistake. He's learned from his mistakes. And we're going to talk about that on this interview, the things that he did wrong way back when the market crashed before and how that was a catalyst that kind of just helped him redesign a completely brand new system that I promise you've never heard before. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, that's crazy. I've never heard of that before. And then you're going to have some skepticism. You might have a little bit of some questions, but then you're going to be when it finally figures out like, oh my gosh, that's the smartest strategy I've ever heard. This is amazing. This is brilliant. And so that's why I wanted to get Scott on the podcast to talk about his method of how he takes these cheap deals that you may think are not in your backyard. You may think those deals are impossible to find, or there's no way I could get the money to do that, or there's no way, like you got to throw those doubts and skepticisms out the window because Scott is killing it right now. And he's helps a lot of students do the same thing he's doing and I consider Scott a friend, a trusted advisor, a super cool guy, very laid back. It's more about the lifestyle than about making trillions and trillions of dollars. It's about having a, a life, right? And so that's going to be the topic of today's podcast, talking about how to find these special deals that are very non-traditional. This is a completely new, different way of doing deals and getting cash flow uh, and being debt-free, right? So Scott, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Fantastic, Joe. Thanks for having me once again. Awesome. So, real quick, how many properties do you own right now with this from this strategy, and how many of them are
1: free and clear? So I currently own 138. I have 20 more under contract that I didn't close on yet, and I think I have 74 now are free and clear. 74. I know it's a different world, and I'm glad you clarified something, Joe. When you said, "Oh, Scott doesn't have any challenges or any problems," I'm like, "Well, I had my fair share." But you clarified that. I just learned from it and haven't made those same mistakes a second go-around. Yes.
0: Oh, so let's talk about that real quickly here. You've been in business for a long, long time. Talk about the when the market crashed before.
1: Um, what happened to you? So to give a short version, I started buying in 1994, and I followed what everyone taught then and still teaches now, which was, you know, pull out all your equity and refinance and use that money to buy more properties. It's tax-free money. It's debt equity, right? You've heard it all and then use that money to buy more properties and then refi out as they go up and use that money to buy more properties. And I did that, yeah, I did what everyone taught. And in the world's eyes, I'm a huge success, right? I had 84 properties going into 2006 and um, and I'm crushing it by the world's eyes, right? And then 2007 came and I know everybody says 2008, but I was there and it was 2007 when we started our, uh, our downturn. And suddenly all of that leverage that I was all taught to use was deadly. I mean, I had all these payments and all of a sudden thirty percent of my people not paying, everybody just becoming unemployed, and it was devastating. And I had I had been doing this now since nineteen ninety four. And here we are in two thousand and seven and completely crushed. But Scott,
0: these properties cash flow once they cash flow once they'll always cash flow, right? Right. In all the
1: books and seminars you attend, that's the way it works. And uh and I still hear people to this day they're like, well rents never come down. And I'm like, yes they do. I was there, you know, I was said, ask me how I know. Yes, rents do come down. Um, it's not intentional. And if you're in there and you're paying on time, if you're listening and you're renting a place right now, let me tell you, your rent's not going to come down. But if a guy has vacant units and they're sitting vacant and he's asking a thousand and it sits vacant another month, he's going to try 900. If it sits vacant, he's going to try 800. That's the way prices come down. God, so it, yes, so it was cash flowing fantastically. I was about $25,000 a month positive going into the bust. During the bust, I was about twenty-five thousand dollars a month negative. So.
0: People have forgotten this, Scott, and they think they've forgotten number one. Or if everybody that you hear teaching right now wasn't around back then, yeah. And they everything in the last ten years that they've touched has turned to gold, and they think that they're that they're so amazing because of all the success that they're having. But people forget, and it has happened. It'll happen again. Markets go through cycles, right?
1: One of um, one of my favorite sayings. They used to say, um. And now this time we expanded past 10 years, but they used to always say real estate has a 10 year cycle, but only a seven year memory. And I I believe in that wholeheartedly because I feel like nobody remembers anymore. I'm like, I remember every day, but I talk to people and generally it's because everybody started, not everybody, but most people started after the bust. So all they've seen is a market that goes like this and they feel invincible.
0: Yeah. And, and debt can be a scary thing. There's there's good debt, there's bad debt. You take on a little bit of private money when you buy these deals. And we'll talk about the strategy, how it works in a minute, because this is absolutely brilliant. I love, love, love this strategy because you pay your properties off very quickly. And you're not, not you. using any of your own money. You pay your all your properties off in five
1: years. Yep. We do five-year amortized mortgages. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is amazing.
0: Um, so we're going to talk about this in a minute, but uh, your program, the Fe- the Freedom Accelerator Program, You've been doing this yourself for a long time. Now you're teaching and helping other people to do it as well. But your model is very, very, very simple. It's so simple, it's brilliant. And uh, why more people aren't doing this, I don't know. So let's talk about it. How did
1: you stumble across the strategy and what is it? So, so we call it the slow flip. You know, so I'm sure you know this already. So we call it the slow flip. And basically what the slow flip is, is the flipping a house, the fastest possible path to wealth. Selling a house as slowly as possible for the fastest path to wealth. And keep in mind, I'm not saying the fastest path to a check. Wholesaling would be the fastest path to a check, right? But you got to work each time to get a wholesale deal. With slow flips, you work once and we get paid forever. And it's changed everything for me because I used to be on the other mindset where we keep debt. You know, we keep everybody you know how everybody teaches. Pull out, you know, leverage, 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 make your little spread. And I've changed that whole mindset now to I want the houses free and clear. That's when I make my money. I make my money once they're free and clear. So the short version of how it works, Joe, is we buy what I call to be in real estate purgatory. It's the houses nobody wants. It's landlords don't want them because they're the they're the worst tenants, the worst turnover, the highest maintenance. Rehabbers don't want them because they're the areas where, you know, when they put their crew out there, they're gonna get stuff stolen in the middle of the night and they don't wanna deal with those. There's low um low retail sales in the area, so we get great deals on them. Why do we want them? Because we sell them then with owner financing. Mm-hmm. We don't renovate them, we don't rent them, we sell them with owner financing. And that's- so you're being the bank, not the landlord. Correct, we are not landlords, and I always tell people, we sell the financing, the house comes with it. We sell the financing, the house comes with it, that's it. That's exactly the way, that's the the, the two minute version of a long process, but that's the way the process works. So,
0: okay, you buy these properties nobody wants and are they completely trashed or do you, do
1: they? I'm going to tell you a funny story. So they don't have to be. Sometimes they're perfect, right? Sometimes they're absolutely perfect. Sometimes they're trashed. So I have, this just happened yesterday and I I made a post about it too. So this just happened yesterday. We had a house turnover yesterday morning, 10.30 in the morning. There was that, my guy got the keys back on it. 10.50, 10.58, he texts me and he says, this house is, it's filled with, Crap, like actual crap in the house, not stuff, but actual crap, right? And um, he's like, "I'm gonna, I mean, we're gonna put it at six thousand down, one hundred forty-nine thousand, and ten ninety-five a month." And I was almost thinking about, I mean, I hate to leave crap in a house. Am I gonna get somebody to take care of this? I didn't even have one hour, and I looked at the time from the two texts. It was fifty-nine minutes, which is why I made a post. And he says, "The house is sold. I got six thousand dollars cash in hand." I'm like, "Wow." So then I had lunch with a friend of mine yesterday, and he's like, it's always the, 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 the uglier the house is, the faster it goes. Because he's got one on the market right now that's in perfect condition. He did work to it, and it's been on the market for almost a month. And he's like, how come that one went and mine doesn't? We used to joke about that years ago when a house would sit on the market. I said, I need to go kick holes in the walls because when it's perfect, for whatever reason, it sits there And the as-is house. People can see why they're getting that deal and why they're being given this opportunity and getting the value because they have to put the work into it. When a house you're is perfect, selling, it like the understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. I mean, you're selling the financing and the house comes with it. Right.
0: Okay, crazy. I love it. So you're buying these houses and you're paying them off in five years?
1: We do five-year amortized mortgages. So okay. how does that work? So, I, you know, and again, I know I rant a lot because I love slow flips. So here we hear me talk about them, I'll, I'll rant a lot on them. But I used to do the conventional method, which probably everybody listening to this does still, where you get a 30-year mortgage and you make your little spread. And I believed in it wholeheartedly, and I was doing well with it. It wasn't until the bust where I realized I didn't own these properties. The bank owned them, and I had a job working for the bank. If somebody stole an air conditioning unit, it was my responsibility to fix it and keep sending that money to the bank. It didn't matter if the tenant paid me or not. I have to send my money up to the bank. And if I ever stop, the bank gets that house. I don't really own it. I I have a job working for the bank. I'm their number one employee. I got 80, 80 mortgages. They they should be sending me a gift basket at Christmas, yeah. right? I'm their number one employee. Yeah. Well, after the bust and I learned a lot of lessons the hard way, I realized I don't want to be the bank's employee anymore. And the only way to get out of that would be to own the house free and clear. Although everyone teaches don't own free and clear, it's dead money and all these reasons not to. And I'm, you know, again, I always tell people, say, you never met anybody that has their stuff free and clear who regrets it, right? The only people who talk about why you shouldn't do it are people who are drowning in debt. So I... The people I know who own everything free and clear are with me, and everybody else that uh, that loves having leverage, it's because they don't have anything free and well, clear. And have you ever met somebody who's gone into foreclosure or bankruptcy who is debt-free? Yeah, exactly. Nobody that owns everything free and clear deals with any of those problems, any of those yeah. stress. You know, moving into this market we're moving into now, I have no stress, I have no anxiety about what's going to happen, because I don't care. If, it, if the world was on fire and I'd had to sit home for a year or two, it's not going to it's not going to harm anything. I'm not, I'm not at risk of losing anything, which I was last go around. Yeah. And so we borrow money from private lenders on five-year mortgages, amortized. And just to give you some rough numbers, on a $30,000 mortgage, we pay 12% interest. So I know that blows people's minds. They're like, hey, 12%. Right now, rates are up 7 8%. It might not seem that bad, but when, when rates were 3 we were still paying 12 Yeah. But, on a five year mortgage, it's not that big of a difference. The monthly payment on a five year mortgage, thirty thousand dollars, is six sixty seven thirty three. and the average the average rents, which have gone way up, but I still use the low numbers because we may come back down, was eight seventy five. So you don't really make anything for the first five years. But then you own them free and clear. So you know, in my opinion, that's worth it. You suffer through your five years, your sixty months, and now you own it free and clear, and you're not a slave to the bank for the next thirty years,
0: yeah, and you're selling them on owner financing. For thirty years, right. So, um, give an example deal. Then, let's
1: say, yeah, just give a good example, the typical deal. So, I'm going to use the standard numbers, not the recent numbers, because recent numbers have been through the roof, crazy. But I don't expect them to stay that way. So, the standard numbers were: we would try and buy a, our average price was thirty thousand, might be twenty five, might be thirty five, but thirty thousand was our average, and we would sell them instantly. When I say instantly, I mean same day, no work, no renovation, no cleanup. Didn't cut the grass or clean up the trash for $89,000, the exact same day. We would typically get three to $5,000 down and 875 a month on a 30-year mortgage. So we're selling them on a 30-year mortgage, we're buying them on a five-year mortgage. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're not yeah. renovating and we're not doing any work. And now our buyer, which a lot of our buyers are investors, you know, a good chunk of our buyers are investors who are following the old plan, the old plan of make your little spread, you know, be in debt, pay for 30 years and make your little money they're renovating them and they're putting in tenants that might be paying them 1100 a month, might be paying them 1175 a month. So they're making their money every month. But guess what? When something breaks, nobody's calling me. You don't call Bank of America and tell me I have a leak, don't call me, right? And if it's vacant, my check still comes in. They They're the ones that have to deal just like you would if you have a vacant unit with Bank of America, you have to still make your payment. So I just go to the PO box and get checks. I don't deal with any of that stuff that landlords or conventional people with rentals deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah, We we operate strictly like a bank.
0: So I can can hear somebody saying, though, all right, well, what if that investor buyer stops paying you? They have the vacancies. They go out of business.
1: What happens then? So it happens. So obviously, we're not immune from default. We're not immune from evictions. It happens. And when it happens, we do the exact process as though it was a rental, which is why I love these. We do the process. We don't have to foreclose. We do the process as though it was a rental. We do a regular court proceeding, unlawful detainer, get eviction, and we don't fix, clean up, paint, carpet. We don't do anything. We market it and we get a new buyer almost instantly. Again, I have 138 right now. I have zero vacancies. Generally, they don't last more than a day because what we have is a commodity and it's not the house. There's plenty of houses. It's ours is available without having to go and get a mortgage. And so that's why ours is so sought after. I mean, there's lists of people who are waiting. Let me know when the next one comes. Let me know when the next one. Because you're selling the financing. Because <laughs> they don't have a choice between they get ours or they don't get a house. It's not like it's ours or someone else's. It's ours or they don't get a house. And then, and, and stop me, Joe, if I rant too much. That's good. And then sometimes people say, yeah, but why would they pay that price if you were able to get it for 30000 right? That's a great question. And the reality is, though, they can get it for 30000 too, but they got to pay cash for that one. Meanwhile, ours, they got to put 3000 down or 5000 down and get it with financing. So they buy ours because ours is available to them. They Yes, if they wanted to market, find sellers, and do our business, which is what I teach my guys to do, to do it on our end of the business, they could do it. It's, it's available to anybody, but that's a whole different business than somebody who's just trying to have conventional rentals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So what is that deal like? Can, can you still find deals today in this market at that price range? And what
1: are you are you going into like the hood, the really bad bad areas? So we are in some bad areas, but not in the bad bad areas. So I always say we are in the best of the worst neighborhoods. So we we have some in great neighborhoods. They're not all in bad areas, but we have some that some people would consider bad areas, but but in the best of the of the of the worst areas. So no place that I would feel unsafe. That's always been my rule. People always say, oh, but would you buy here or there? I said I won't go any. I won't buy anywhere where I feel unsafe to go to even go and show it or to look at it. Um. If, it, you know, I've had houses I passed on. I've seen great deals for houses and I've driven up to it and there's people all over the place or it's next to a convenience store. And I'm like, I don't care how big the deal is. I'm, I'll pass on it because I don't want to be in a, I don't want to be in an unsafe environment. But 99% of them, it's not that case. They're good neighbors. They're great neighborhoods. It's just people can't get the financing. That's why the opportunity exists. You, you know, there's, a, there's a, a hole in the marketplace and the hole is the sellers need cash. The buyers need financing. And so we just get in the middle. Because what people don't realize, people are like, well, oh, yeah, but why don't they just go to the bank? This is a great, you know, you didn't even ask. Oh, I'm it's honest. Good question. You need <laughs> to ask. Why don't they just go to the bank and buy it? Well, the banks won't finance them. Banks typically have a minimum of $50,000 as what they'll do as a loan, but they also want it to be in perfect condition. So they won't finance it on that price range, and they also won't finance it as is. So they're stuck. The seller needs the cash, the buyer needs the financing, so we get right in the middle.
0: Nice. Okay. Somebody's saying, though, hey, Scott, I live in Denver, Nashville, San Diego. We don't have those properties here in that price range. How are you
1: finding these? Can this work for me? So, yes, it can work anywhere. So I have people in our program everywhere. And there's people, and I'm going to give you, where I'm originally from Long Island. So if you talk to people on Long Island, they're like, $30,000, you can't get a parking space for $30,000, let alone a garage, right? Let alone a house. And so they're like, yeah, that sounds great, but it would never work in my area. And they're right. It won't work in that area. However, because of the nature of it, where we're not landlords and we're not renovating, we're not doing any of that stuff. We're just operating as a bank. We can buy them remotely. We buy them anywhere. So I have in multiple states, I have a lot in my area, but then I'm also in St. Louis and Indiana. And because those states are states, I'm I'm sorry, those cities are and states are where it just works. By works, I mean, it has a low sales price and a high rent. When it has a low sales price and a high rent, it works on the five-year mortgage. And and that's why, I mean, there's multiple areas. People always say, oh, there's no houses in that price range. I'm like, spend 10 minutes on the internet and you'll find multiple cities with tons of houses in those price ranges. The other thing I wanted to touch on is there's two sides to the slow flip. There's the buying side and the selling side. Okay. So there's some people who say, yeah, but I, have, I already own 20 houses, but they're not they're not $30,000 houses. They're $200,000 houses, right? And this was me going right after the bus. You can still sell on the slow flip method. You're just not on the buying side where you're paying them off in five years. So, but you can still do the sell side where you're selling it with the long-term owner financing at what we call super retail. So you're not just getting, you know, you're not getting what it's worth right now. You're getting what we call super retail, which is the maximum after repair value. Okay. So yeah. there's, there's two sides to that, the buy side and the sell side.
0: All right. So you don't have to, if you live in San Diego, you can't do this in your market, but you can do it in other
1: markets and you don't have to go actually see the houses yourself, do you? No, we have a, whole, we have a system and we, we have basically have a system where we can have somebody go and look at it, do video, do pictures for you. We have a process, obviously, as you do for coming up with what the actual after repair value would be and the rent. And then we have a system for, for occupying them. Actually, I have a guy for people in my program who fills them for people all around the country. That's one of the one of the deliverables is that we have a guy who actually fills our other people's properties because some people are like, yeah, but who's going to show it? and Who's going to do this? And he does the he has a whole process for doing it remotely where he fills people's properties all around the country. So he's how does he get paid? He gets paid out of the down payment. So okay. everybody always asks that. I'm like, well, you don't have to pay him anything. The buyer will pay. So he gets a percentage of the down payment, and that's how he gets paid. So okay. it works out for everybody. Cost all you right, nothing. So, so what are some good markets where you can find these kinds of so. All over in Indiana is great. St. Louis is great. Alabama is great. Basically, mostly up and down the East Coast most of, and the Midwest, all, almost all of the Midwest, the East Coast, there's tons of cities where they work in. Okay, the so- only caveat to that, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Joe, is I always want to buy in what we consider landlord-friendly states. Okay. So I don't, I don't buy in New York, even though if you go, everybody's like, oh, New York's expensive. Yeah, not upstate New York. Upstate New York has houses that work, um, but I won't buy there because they're not a landlord-friendly state. They're not, okay. they're not easy on doing an eviction or if you had to turn them over. And so I don't buy in states that aren't land loan friendly.
0: Good. So I'm in St. Louis. It's a great market here. But even if I didn't live here, let's say St. Louis as an example,
1: what kind of house are you looking for here? What price range does it need? So in St. Louis, you, there is an abundance of houses in St. Louis. And, uh, and that's what I love about it. There's an abundance. You can buy houses in St. Louis all day long, $20,000, 25000 30, $35,000. That bring in $900, $1,000, $1,100 a month. It's, it's, there's an abundance of houses out there. People don't believe you, Scott. I know. That's why you have the internet. Nobody has to believe me.
0: Go online. <laughs> it's yes, you're absolutely here. right. Yeah. You can go online right now, Zillow or Redfin, yep. find some of these houses, right? Yep. Um, they're going to need work. They're going to need updating. That's good. So it's, uh, Is that what you're saying?
1: So I have 20 under contract right now in St. Louis that don't need worker updating, they're, they're all occupied. They're occupied by tenants that are managed by a property manager. And so when I close on them, they're gonna be actual conventional rentals. And one of the things we do, and this is actually important if people have rentals right now, we, the first thing we do is we'll send our tenant, the tenant that's in there a letter, letting them know that we purchased the property. We do not do rentals. We'll still honor your lease till the end of the lease. However, if you're interested in buying, and then we'll go through the art process, and if they want it, we charge them no down payment. We'll let they're already in the property. So if they want it, we'll convert their security deposit to their only down payment. We'll leave their payment relatively the same. But what it does for us now is it eliminated the maintenance. Almost always, they accept the deal because they're like, well, it's the whole foundation of the whole business is somebody who's paying nine hundred dollars a month in rent would always rather pay $900 a month in a monthly payment to own the right. place. Always. And now you're not going to be responsible for any maintenance and repairs. Yes. And I cut off hundreds of dollars a month from every single property from having no more maintenance. And so one at a time, I'll turn them over. And if anybody doesn't accept it, we'll keep them as a tenant till the end of their lease. We won't renew. And then we'll sell it with owner finance. Okay. So some
0: of these deals here, they're in St. Louis, probably bought them from a tired landlord, right? Yep. Okay. Just for whatever reason, he would want it out he got tired of vacancies, maintenance, repairs, bad property managers. He bought into the lie that it's easy and anybody can do it. So then you came in and made him an offer. Is that what you did to buy these 20 properties? So they're all from one guy? Correct. One seller. Okay, cool. And then what? G- give us a typical deal then. How much did you buy it for? So I'm paying six,
1: these are 20 houses. I'm paying 625,000. So About 30 grand to, each one. About $31,000 each, yeah. And they're all rented. They're all rented. And renting for be, how much? They're, they range anywhere from like 700 to 995 I think there's a couple that pass 1000 Okay. And then I'll be converting them to slow flips as as I can as after I close on them.
0: Now, you may have your own money to buy these things, or are you using private investors' money? I'm using a private investor for it. I'm getting one loan on the entire package. Okay. And I love this because you dictate the terms to these private investors, right? Correct. So you so don't give them options. You just tell them... Explain again what your program is.
1: So, yeah, that's a really important thing where people screw up with raising money. And I really harp on this. In my program, I really teach people and train them on how to raise money because having the money is the key to the whole business. As I yeah. said before, we, we fill the gap. The seller needs cash and the buyer needs financing. If we don't have the cash to give the seller, it, it doesn't work. So, raising that private money is key to the whole thing. And so, what I teach and what I, what I like my people to do is to create your program and you don't have to do my program. You can create your own, right? But my program is typically we borrow $30,000 at 12% for 60 months. Some of my people found lenders and they're doing 8% or they're doing 72 months. I, I don't like, I feel it's a slippery slope to work your way right back to 30 years. I like to stick to the 60 months, five years, but we raise money. Please Please do that. Telling them, telling them this is what we're doing. This is what we're raising. And we don't, you know, and, and again, I, I, I can teach an hour on raising money, but I'm going to tell you some of, the, some of the caveats to it is we never ask anybody to loan us money. You know, that's number one. For anybody who's listening and wants to raise money, this is how to never be rejected, okay? We never ask anybody to loan us any money. We offer an opportunity. We offer an opportunity to make X amount of return, which in this case would be 12%. But to take it a step further, we don't offer the opportunity to the person we're talking to. That's the key to never being rejected. We never offer that opportunity to the person we're talking to. We ask them if they know anybody who might be interested in making a 12% return on their money secured by real estate. You probably wouldn't be interested in this. Not you, other people. I know you're doing a whole bunch of other stuff. You're into that crypto stuff. But you you may know somebody who wants to make 12% secured by real estate. And that changes the dynamic of the conversation because the ones who are interested then say, "Well, well, well, tell me about it. No, not you. I know you're into all that other stuff. And then you, you you keep yourself in the command position here. So where, where now they're asking you, well, I might be interested. Tell me about it. Yeah. And you're giving them your program. You're not asking, well, how much would you want if you loan me money? Well, would you be interested in 50 grand or 30? You're telling them what the program is. So the only answer that they have is yes or no. Yeah. Whether they're interested in your program or not. Not what yeah. they may want or hope for. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's phenomenal. Food everything. Because you're, well, you're you not chasing everything. them. Exactly. It's, they either want it in your program or they don't. That's it. Yeah. Mm.
0: Love it. And this is, it's not hard to raise this kind of money, is it? It is surprisingly
1: easy. You know what's interesting? It's surprising. People think it's hard. People think it's hard. And most people think, this is what's interesting too, is most people think nobody, you know, it's easy for you. Nobody I know has any money. I hear this all the time. Nobody I know has any money. You will be shocked. The money is there. The money is out there. And yes, you're right. It might not be anyone that you know, but people that you know, know people that have money. There's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. And especially right now as we're recording this, Joe, the stock market, I mean, the stock market's still good now, but everybody's scared. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? They did so great these last couple of years. How would they feel to secure that win, because the the market's up still, secure that win and put it into a guaranteed 12% return instead of hoping that it's, you know, what happens next year?
0: Yeah. All right. Good. So somebody might say, I don't have any houses like that in my area. Maybe you don't, but there are other areas of the
1: country where you can find those houses, right? Yeah. Uh, You you don't care where, you know, you're again, you're the bank. Bank of America doesn't care where they're loaning. And you have to start thinking that way as you're the bank, you're not going to drive by your house. You're not hugging and kissing on it. You're not hiring contractors. You're, you're just collecting payments. You're processing payments. That's it.
0: So on average, you're trying, your goal is to buy these things for like 30 grand.
1: So over these last couple of years, we, we've, also been doing some at 50,000. So we, we do two different models, but the goal is always at 30. 30, to my opinion, works the best. So I'm going to answer something else for you now that I mentioned the 50, a question you did ask Joe, I'm good at answering. I, I was just yeah. going to come with it, but go ahead. So another reason, another thing people don't like about these, right? Is they're like, yeah, but you know, those houses don't appreciate as much or those, those don't have much long-term value. I want to get a nice house. I want to, you know, they want these nice $200,000 houses and I'm going to just do some rough math for you. I'm going to use my area as an example. If I was to buy a $200,000 Virginia Beach townhouse, right? Which is probably even cheap now for Virginia Beach townhouse. But let's say I got I got a deal and I got one for $200,000. I'll probably get $1,600 a month in rent. That same $200,000, I could buy six. And that's giving a little leeway. That's only 180. But I could buy six of these and get $5,500 a month instead of $1,600 a month. So the reality is... What are we in business for? We're in business to make money. Not to say, oh, I, you know, I love, I, I love my house and I want to hug it. No, you want checks coming in the mail. But on top of that, people say, yeah, but they don't appreciate as much. We forced the appreciation because the day we bought it at 30, we sold it at 89 or whatever your numbers may be. I mean, I have some as high now as 197 we've sold them at because we've had crazy appreciation these last couple of years. But we got that, we, we're, we're making a return on that on that equity that we invented. Yeah. We're getting interest on the equity that we invented. So I'm not worried about people saying, "Oh, well, they're not going to appreciate as much." I said, "Yeah, they appreciated more because we did it overnight instead of waiting years and years and years."
0: Well, even if you don't get a ton of appreciation, you're still getting good cash flow after that first five years.
1: Exactly. I'm all about the cash flow. My entire world revolves. That's why I have no debt. My entire world revolves around the cash flow. Nice. I love it.
0: Okay, so now you you find the deals, you buy for like 30. They're maybe worth 50 to 60, right? Um, how did the numbers work, by the way? Let's say you're buying it for 50.
1: Are you still borrowing 50? We, we have, we, yes, we started this just during this run-up now because we, it started in certain areas in Virginia for one. We couldn't find them at 30. Now, we we still find plenty of them, but there was a lot of good deals at 50. At 50, I think the payment came out to 1112 and 22 cents, but they were getting 1175 So they were still working out just fine. Still 60 months, same exact program, just a slightly different house. So if you're buying it for 50, what are you selling it to the other buyer for? Well, I mean, this last couple of years have been insane. We're getting 149, 159, 199. It's been crazy because, the, you know, it, as crazy as it's been, I try not to teach it that way because I don't expect that to... I, I'm trying to teach it the way I know it always works, not the way it works in a boom market. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because in a boom market, everything works. And so I don't want people to, to base their mindset around in this great market. I try and teach the numbers that I know work in every market. And so, okay, if, works, if the market gets goes products.
0: back to normal then. Right. Um, you'll that house you maybe sell it for eighty? Uh, the
1: fifty? No, probably one twenty nine. Even a normal market. In a normal market, yeah. Okay. And yeah, your buyer is at least the, getting eighty nine. Yeah.
0: Uh so again, your buyer is half the
1: time an investor, or the other half the time are they retail buyers? More than half are investors. So let me let me address another question you didn't ask. I'm good at that, right, Jeff? I read What's my, good. Why would someone pay 89 for a house, right? Why would they do that? If let's go with the homeowner, a person who's going to live in it, well, their monthly payment is the same as if they were going to rent it. So they're not they're not caring about the price. They're caring about if I live next door, I'm renting at 875, or I live here and I'm owning at 875. If the purchase price was 50 grand or 500 grand, if it was still the same 875, that's their concern. How much am I paying a month? And so that that's exactly the concern is how much do we pay a month? They're not looking at oh the other one's cheaper. Because when they look at that, and you know, my answer is, and I and I know I've told you this before, Joe, when someone says, oh, the other house is X amount, I say, I would buy that one then. And they're like, well, that one you got to pay cash for. Well, then I would buy mine. You know, and that's it. I don't, you know, I just tell them the way it is. Yeah. Okay, good. And you're doing long-term financing. Long-term, doing, 30 years. You're doing 30
0: years. So you're not selling it in the hopes that they cash out you, they cash you out later.
1: Yeah. So, and no, I know you're... people that teach this. They're like, oh, give them a five-year balloon or a six-year balloon or a three-year balloon and... I'm trying to choose my words properly, but I feel like they're screwing people when they do that mm. because more often than not, if you can't qualify for a house today, you're not going to qualify in three years. Yeah. And some people do, mind you, some people are just about able to qualify and so they will, but some people, a lot of our people are, it's not that they're bad people or or even have bad credit for that matter. They work off the books or they're contractors and they get paid in cash. They're never going to qualify just because that's the life they have. They, they get yeah. They deal in cash, they get paid in cash and mortgage companies will not accept them yeah so it's not that they're broke or have bad credit or don't pay their bills. It's just their their life they whatever work they do, they get paid in cash.
0: I like this so much better than lease options, right? because
1: you're again, with a lease option, you're still kind of the landlord. You are That's the it. landlord. I used to do lease options, and I loved them until I lost in court once and uh and the judge told me, and i'll I'll repeat his exact words, and this is where we kind of came into this. He said, the benefits and burdens must convey together. He says you can't keep the benefits and give them all the burdens. It doesn't matter what it says in your paperwork. People are like, yeah, but my contract says they're responsible. He says, no, the Landlord-Tenant Act says who's responsible. It doesn't matter what you write in your contract. The Landlord-Tenant Act is what says who's responsible and who's not responsible. And that is when I hired a lawyer back then. I said, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. I gotta figure out how to do this. And so we divided and, the and the landlord tenant act does not apply to owner finance. It does not apply to owner financing. Okay, what about Dodd Frank? Let's talk about that real quick. So Dodd Frank does apply, but only in certain ways. So when we sell to investors, which is the primary end of our business, there in there are no rules. There's no regulation. There are no rules with selling to an investor. When you sell because nobody cares about investors, they're like, ah, oh, you do whatever you want with them. When you sell to a homeowner, there are rules. So when you sell to a homeowner, for one, we can't exceed 12%, or at least right now, we can't exceed 12% as your interest rate. Um, without doing any underwriting, we can't exceed three per year per entity. There's you know, there's several different rules with Dodd-Frank, but my, a- my easy answer to that is comply. Yeah. Just comply. That's it. Everybody tries to figure out ways around the law. I'm like, don't find ways around, just comply with the law. It's easy. You can Google it and read it, ask your lawyer, and we just comply with it. We try and make everything that we do, you know, com- complied
0: with. So, um, you know, what if the buyer stops? I know we talked about this already, but what if the buyer stops paying? You know, whether it's the investor buyer or the retail buyer, they stop paying. Do you have to foreclose on them? Is that
1: a complicated, difficult process? So we do it various, in, in certain states, of are different rules. So I'm gonna tell you, like in the states I mentioned, Indiana, in Missouri, in Virginia, it's the exact same process as a regular eviction. We file the unlawful detainer, they go to court. In Virginia, for instance, after the fifth day, we get a late notice. A, we give them a five-day notice. And on the 12th day, you can file for eviction. And that's it. You go to court. It's the same as a regular tenant. Judge grants you possession. We wait. The sheriff comes out and does the eviction. While the guy's there doing the eviction, he does a videotape, Uh, you know, takes pictures to videotape, post the ad. And like I said yesterday, it was 59 minutes. Sometimes it's two, three, five hours. And, um, uh, you know, we have a system for marketing them. That's one of the big things I teach. Because a vacant property, you know, people don't... Ex- People don't give enough weight to lost rent. When rent is one of those things that when it's lost, it's lost forever. There's no recouping it. So time is money. Yeah. Getting someone in there immediately, as fast as possible. That that money can never be recouped. If you wait a month with it vacant and you lost eight hundred or a thousand bucks, that money is gone forever. So we're real big on they gotta get filled immediately. And that's a big part of our system.
0: All right. So what if the person in the house trashed,
1: it? and what do you do that? Do you have to go in and fix it all up or Yeah. So that's a big fear. When, and that's a serious fear. When you have a nice house, and this is why I don't like nice houses. If you have a nice house, you are at risk of every day of if they screw it up, they could do 20, 30, $40,000 worth of damage, right? And that's a big deal, especially if they only put five grand down were 10 grand down and they can do $30,000 worth of damage. We sell the houses as is when we get them. Nine times out of 10, if they turn over, they're in better condition than when they got them because they had to renovate it beforehand to move yeah. into. I've had people put additions on houses, new roofs, new windows, poor driveways. I mean, sometimes I drive by a house and I don't recognize it and I have to relook at the address because I'm like, this isn't what ours looked like. And which one was it? You know, and then I'll, I'm like, wow, this is a whole new house because they, they're making it their own. And that's what I want them to do. I want them to stay forever. Our ultimate goal is to collect the monthly payment. I never want anyone out. I never want to evict anybody. I never want to turn them over. I want to... I want them to comply with exactly what they agreed to, and we comply with what we agreed to. So you don't go back and fix the house up, you just resell it as is, just like you did before. I don't even, and, and I know people say, say this is harsh sometimes, but I don't even clean up the trash. I do nothing to it. And, you know, to tell you another part of of our, our sales process, when we do nothing and someone asks us a question, they'll be like, Well, I, you know, I went and looked at it and I see it's it's filled with trash or there was a hole in the wall. Is that going to be fixed? You know, whatever, whatever it is that they mention. My answer is always the same. No, and you're lucky we didn't do it yet. And you're lucky we didn't fix it because you know it'll probably only cost you a couple hundred bucks, but our contractor will probably be two grand and we're just gonna have to add that to your down payment. You're lucky we didn't clean it out because our cleaning lady will probably charge two, three grand. You can probably get it done for a couple hundred bucks. By the time I'm done explaining why they're lucky, they no, 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 don't do anything. We'll take care of it. My kids will clean it out. Don't worry about it. My husband's a contractor. And it ends with no, no, because I so let them know you're lucky we didn't do it. Because if we did, instead of five grand down, it might be eight grand down. And they're like, no, 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 don't do anything. I'll take it just the way it is. (laughs) I love it. All right. right. Um, Now you've got a a bunch of properties.
0: How much time does it take to manage them? Do you have to get a property manager? Does it
1: take a lot of your time to, are there a lot of details to worry about? So if you have rentals, as people watching probably do, you think about having 10 or 20 or 30, and it's a full-time job. With slow flips, there's really nothing to do. (laughs) You're a bank. You process... You know, on the fifth of the month I go, you know, I check my PO box, I collect checks. We have an online system that we use as well. So people pay through ACH or they can even pay. We have a system to pay cash at 7 Eleven and all kinds of they can pay and it comes automatically into your account, but some people still pay by checks and that's it. So we collect the checks and then we mail out our mortgage payments if we have mortgage payments. Barring that, there's nothing to do unless there was a vacancy. If there was a vacancy, then we have to market it and get it occupied. And we have people who do that. They're not employees there are people in our group, but there's no, there's really no work involved. Yeah.
0: Well, so then you, if there's, there's something goes wrong, you have to refill it. Like what if you can't sell it? Was there any risks on that end as well then?
1: So if a house sat vacant, you mean, if you had sat vacant for a month or two. So yes, there's all, that's obviously going to be a risk. So one of the things we do before we ever commit to a property is we test a market. Like suppose I'm going into a brand new market and I'm like, well, this sounds like a great deal, but how do I know if there's any demand there? Or people even going to want them? One of the things we do is we run what's called a ghost ad, where we'll, we'll come up with a similar house to the one we want, the one we're going to buy, similar pricing, similar everything, similar conditions. So we'll say needs work, needs pain, carbon, whatever, you know, has no kitchen, whatever it may be. And we run the ad in that area. And then we gauge our response. If we had two responses, three responses, we may be like, eh, there's really not a lot of demand. More often than not, you're going to have 30, 40, 50 responses. Mm-hmm. And then I'm completely confident. I'm like, buy it. Buy it because I'll have it filled by the end of the day. Where do you put that ghost ad? Well, we do, there's three different ways. We fill, we fill slow flips. Well, there's more than, there's slightly more than three, but three main ways. And that is we do Facebook Marketplace, we do Craigslist. And if, if it's, um, if we have a person on the ground, we do white bandit signs with the magic marker handwritten ones. Okay. I love it. I love it. I'm a simple guy. And you know this yeah. already, Joe. You know, I'm a very simple guy. I don't have a lot of complicated procedures, complicated processes. I like to keep it simple and go for the, the positive, passive cash flow.
0: I love this because you're not doing any fancy, complicated, technical stuff. You know, there's you teach a lot of different ways to do marketing, but you're not. This is like, guys, listen. If Scott can do it, it's easy. That's the simple truth. I've known Scott for long enough. Like he does not like he's not. I know. I don't mean this as in a bad way, uh, but he's not good with technology. Right? We we talk about websites, we talk about membership sites and stuff like that, and. Scott's like I don't know how to do any of that. I'm like, okay, well that's fine. We we'll get somebody to do it. But like Scott is very very simple, and that is the secret to his success: being keeping things so simple that you don't have to. He chooses what to worry about, which is why I,
1: I love this so much. So, um, so Joe, my mission. This is this is why I actually started doing this with other people. Now, my mission, I, and which I it's hard, and you have done this yourself, to determine what is your mission in life. Right, yeah. is to help as many people as I can to set themselves free. And because freedom, nobody appreciates freedom until you have it. But I used to think I wanted to help set as many people as I can free, right? And I realized that that was wrong. They have to set themselves free. You can set someone free, and and if they didn't do it themselves or learn it themselves, they're going to go right back to the trap they were in before. And so I've I've revamped to where no, I'm helping people to set themselves free. And um and it's amazing how many people we've already done this for. Like when I talk to them and the. The happiness and gratefulness that they started this when they did is is insane yeah i have one guy i have one guy joe and uh he's 29 years old and he has over 40 already and really he has over 40 already and he's been doing it four years now or three and a half because i know next year he's got his first round coming free and clear but by the time he's 44 he'll already be over 40 thousand dollars a month positive cash flow i'm like it's insane when you you do the math, it's uh, it's crazy. And I have another guy who didn't start with me till he was seventy-three years old. And he's seventy-six now, or he might have turned seventy-seven even. And he only has I say only, but he has about fifteen, but all of his are free and clear. And um and he crushes it and, and he's not slowing down and he's not stopping. And it's uh, it's crazy how you know, again, I can set anybody free yeah. and it does nothing because they're gonna revert to their, you know, the, the median. But when you teach someone to set themselves free, it's forever. And it's never too late to start. It's never, it's never too late to start. Absolutely.
0: You can help somebody who does zero retirement in their seventies. Right. Within five
1: to six years, have a retirement portfolio. Yep. I always, I believe I can, I can teach anyone to set themselves free within five years. And the reason I say five and I, and I know people don't like to hear five, because if you look at any of these online courses and seminars and pitch guys, they're all talking about, you're going to be rich by Monday. Right. And I tell people, I say that's, Mine's five years. And and the reason it's five years is because it's realistic. If you start today, if you start today and do what we do within five years, you can be at a point where you don't have to do anything. Now you're going to still want to do something because it's awesome and you're going to love it, but you don't have to if you stick with it for five years. Could
0: you do these deals even inside of a self-directed IRA if you wanted? 1000%.
1: Self-directed 401k, self-directed IRA. Absolutely. So you pay zero taxes on that money. Absolutely. 100%.
0: All right. All right. Well, Scott, you have a program that teaches people how to do this. And we're going to have on this video, either right here on the video or down below, there'll be a button or a link that you can go to to get more information. But you have a program where you help teach people how to do this stuff,
1: right? Talk about that. So, it's called the Freedom Accelerator Program. And it's because my whole basis, my whole focus is always on setting people free, accelerating their freedom, which is why I called it the Freedom Accelerator Program. But it's not just a course because, you know, one of the things I've learned, and you have too, Joe, is that you, you can sell everybody a course all day long. Most people don't even open it, and even if they do, it's not the information that people need. The information's out there. You can go on YouTube. You can go to a bookstore. The information's out there. So it's not that. It's it's we have there's three things with the program. It's it's the course. We have you know a course which is never ending. It's not it's not complete, and it never will be because I'm constantly adding to it based on questions people ask, things that people want. So it's the course. It's coaching. So once a week, at least once a week. Sometimes I do more. I actually do an online meeting with the people in the group because you're going to come up with challenges you're going to come up with questions that you didn't think of you're going to be like my guy just said this and i don't know how i'm supposed to handle that or whatever may happen and so we do this every week so as you're growing you can handle these new objections new challenges new things that come up or evaluation evaluating deals so you might want to say you know this sounds like a good deal but i'm just not sure and you need that second set of eyes just to give you that confidence to push you over to say okay yes this is a good deal stop second guessing it and then last is community you know it's it's a course coaching and community because the community is other people who are doing the exact same thing, and it's set up kind of Facebook style, but it's not in Facebook, where you can ask questions, you we post videos, you can you can actually um, participate in the meetings and speak with other people who are doing it in the group. Yeah. And um, And it's been invaluable for people in the group to not just be talking to the outside world, you're talking to people who are in the same group doing the exact same things, very often in the same areas that you're buying in, because we recommend certain areas for people, because we have boots on the ground to help you out. To, uh, to get them filled you know so um so it's been fantastic and the people who are in it who are taking it serious it's crushing it for them I mean basically my whole purpose like I told you is for them to set themselves free and it's doing exactly that and uh, so and so I love it you get the course so they can get some videos and they're very simple videos of how to do this process do these steps you do weekly coaching calls do you do those or somebody else I, I do everything I do it myself yeah I don't right. I don't have anyone to fill my shoes I, I do it myself once a week. And sometimes more than once a week based on if there's certain questions or somebody has a pressing issue. Sometimes I do it more than once a week, but always at least once a week.
0: Okay. And then there's a community where they don't have to wait till the next weekly call. They can get in the forum in the community. It's not a Facebook group where they can get in there and ask questions. And either you or another student may answer that question.
1: And I answer those every day as well. And there's also, I have hundreds of hours of previous meetings recorded that are also in there. Nice. which I found people really like because it catches you right up. You can go back in time and watch hundreds okay. of hours of previous meetings. So you you, you, and everybody in the group can help people pick a market to go into, right? Correct.
0: What is What if somebody says, "I"? what if all of your other students are going into the same market? Or what about competition? Do I need to be worried about going into a, the same market that other people are
1: already in? in the- so I'm going to tell you a funny story, Joe. I started buying houses in 1994. Makes me feel really old when I say that. And <laughs> Everybody told me, don't do it. The, the market's saturated. There's too many investors. And, um, and then every time I've evolved and I got, because I was just buying the hold back then, then I got into wholesaling. Nope, don't do it. There's too many wholesalers. You don't want to do it. Then I got into rehabbing. Nope, don't do it. There's too many. Let me tell you something. There is plenty of market for everybody. We're never going to have so many people in our group that all of a sudden there's no houses for us to buy. There is a huge world out there and we are in no risk of running out of houses. So true. I've been hearing that my entire life. Don't do it. There's too many people. It's oversaturated.
0: I love it. Okay, you have a pretty unique guarantee too, Scott. We talk about this and the, the, the challenge that you have.
1: So I I did this on purpose because again, my mission is to help people set themselves free and it's not for your money and joining the program. And so what I did is I set it up so that if you complete the course, complete the program, you get your money back. All of it. All of it. Every penny of it. You if you complete the program, you get every single dollar of it back and you have six months to complete it. You have six months to complete the program and you get every dollar that you paid into it back. So explain why do you do that? I do that so that basically, so I'll tell you two, two different answers. One is people say, well, just make it free then. Well, guess what? And you know this, Joe, people don't value what they don't pay for. And if you pay nothing, you don't pay attention. You pay the exact same same amount of attention as you paid for it. So if you, if you pay nothing, you don't pay attention. And so if you pay something, you have a vested interest if you take action, follow the steps, complete the course, you get the full refund of every single penny you have into it. So it's, it, I made it so it's a no-brainer. There's no reason for any person to say, oh, well, this doesn't work or I don't want to do it. For, you, have, you have no reason to say, any reason you could have came up with, that takes it away. You yeah. get 100% of your money back if you complete the course. So you reward people who take massive action. Absolutely. And yeah. not only my rewarding them, the world's going to reward them as well, but they're going to get rewarded by having this opportunity without it costing them a dollar. And sometimes people bring you deals too, right? Yeah. So I, I've, I've bought plenty of deals from people within the group. And actually, that's another thing we didn't even talk about. In the community that we have, people wholesale in the community too, where people have a contract on a house and either they already have too many or they don't have private lenders, or they're just scared to pull the trigger. And they'll say, hey, I got a contract at 123 Main Street Is somebody interested, and they'll wholesale it to them make a couple thousand dollars as a fee and someone else in the group buys it. So that's another huge benefit that's been going on a lot in the group. I can see a big benefit too would be if
0: you're going into a virtual market to network with people who are already there, who already know boots on the ground or somebody that can go look at it and all of that. That's could be extremely helpful too, can it? Yep, absolutely. So you give them their money back when they complete the program. Wow, it's phenomenal. I love that. And you're doing that for, again, I just want to clarify, you're doing that for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's how you get testimonials um, you, you're forcing people to get into the program and take massive
1: action because you know, you know, I, it be that, I didn't tell you, Joe, is the part of, part of that agreement where they get the uh, refund if they take action is to take a picture with the check when it comes and that's, and that's the testimonial that we're looking for. And, okay. um, yeah.
0: And that, you know, that helps you sell more programs, gets more people into the, de- into the, the, the program, which helps, helps them do more deals, helps you do more deals. and helps just create more people set themselves free. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, so down below this video, whether you're watching this on YouTube or on some special page, down below will be some information where people can go to get more information on how to sign up and how to get into this program. I love it how it's a combination of a course and coaching and community. So you're not just throwing people out there and sending them a bunch of videos. Uh, You're holding their hands through this thing and putting them together with a network of you and other like-minded investors that can help them mastermind, hold them accountable, and just take massive action. I love it.
1: There's a statistic I read years ago, Joe, and I'm sure you read it too. And I don't remember what it, the number was. I think it was like 70%. And this is, ba- this is years ago when courses used to come in the mail, you know, binder, but it was like 70% of them never even got open. And that is why I was like, I don't want to sell a course without having accountability. And the accountability comes from the coaching and the community. Otherwise, if you just needed videos, you can go on YouTube and watch videos. I want it to be, you know, basically inclusive course, community, and coaching, not just one. I
0: love it. All right. All the information is down below. There should be a link maybe on the video or down below the video. Um, so get in there and go check it out. I highly, highly recommend Scott. I've known him, like I said at the beginning, for a long, long time. He's got integrity and ethics, cares about people, and he wants to see you succeed. Uh, it's an all-around win-win. I love the strategy. I've never heard of anything like this before. I don't know anybody else is doing this. Um, it's realistic. I, I, I think that, um, yeah. Anyway, can we'll talk on and on about it. Got to go Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the on the show. I appreciate you. Thanks Joe. Fun as always. All right, any final words before we wrap it up?
1: Final words. Just uh go out there and make something happen. This uh we only got we only got one life to live. Don't wait till it's uh till it's over to realize you should have started last year, 5 years ago, 10 years ago. Start today. All right, thank you Scott. Thank you everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye.